Hi again, everybody, and welcome to Point of View. The folks here at Valley News Live have not come to their senses quite yet. So again tonight, good to be in the chair with you. Steve Hallstrom from the Need to Know Morning Show sitting in for Chris Berg. As a business owner here in the FM area, I find myself being amazed time and again by the entrepreneurial spirit of people in this town. There are so many tech startups and incubator conferences, venture capital open houses, you really wouldn't believe it if you weren't here. A lot of people think North Dakota is pretty much stuck in the past, but nothing could be further from the truth. So tonight on Point of View, we're gonna talk about that Teddy Roosevelt Rough Rider spirit. Even the public universities here have some innovative DNA, and that's where we begin tonight. Scott Bollier is the Dean of the Business School at NDSU, and Dr. Bollier is the brainchild of a new institute at NDSU that's looking at trade, immigration, and economics in a new way. Scott, welcome to the show. Good Thanks. to have you Great here. Great to be here. Thank you. So I want to ask, first of all, about mm -hmm. the general climate here. It seems like so many people are starting businesses and expanding them. It's really such a healthy place. Why do you think yeah. is that? Well, it's amazing. I think it uh, can be explained by a few different things. You know, we have a lot of tech and ag in the area, and it just spins off a lot of experimentation. I think it might go back to our roots as a state. You have a lot of farmers who are tinkering, yes. trying to figure out new ways to do things, yeah. trying to figure out how to survive. And what's happened with farming over time is a migration towards cities and concentrations of clusters. So we've got a knowledge economy here that's fueling just a lot of um, tech and innovation. And I moved here three years ago and was just shocked to see Fargo, North Dakota on lists for most entrepreneurial places in the country. So we have a great environment. The tax rates here are fabulous. It's a nice place to live and consistently ranks as a great place for families. Uh, and on top of that, you just have this knowledge economy and an old culture of experimentation. It's just hard to find summer here once in a while. Yeah, it's a little tough. Yeah. That's about the only Next thing week. you can say. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So from an education perspective, it must be a great place for you to be running a business school where you have all this entrepreneurial spirit all around you. Yeah, I left Arizona in the wintertime to come here. You know, mm. And I think that speaks to something really amazing happening at North Dakota State and in the area in general. We're located downtown. Uh, I think that if you're downtown at all, there's this vibe in the community that things are changing fast here. New restaurants are popping up every day. There's the, um, the Block 9 project, which is just amazing in terms of transforming the downtown. And uh, it's a magnet for activity in the, in the region. Sioux Falls, Fargo, Minneapolis, they're all just these rising towns that are um, fabulous stories. You know, you've got two and a half percent unemployment here, which is um, some of the lowest in the country, and it's all a reflection of what we have around us. What do you think the national perspective on Fargo and the Red River Valley is now? I feel like it's changing, and people are kind of seeing Fargo and the North Dakota is kind of this little new chic uh, Cosmo business place to run. But mm -hmm. how about you? What do you think the national perception is? I, I would agree with you. I think it's a hip place to be. Uh, it's um, a city on the rise. There's a, uh, there's, a, there's a book out by one of the Atlantic Monthly authors that talks about a few cities like Sioux Falls and Fargo that are um, going to potentially be these next major hubs in the Midwest, you know, and it's it's due in part to demographics, but it's also due to them figuring out themselves and having like a clear identity, and you you get that here uh, in a big way, and I think it's it's helping all of us. So tell me about the new institute, the yeah. Chally Institute at North Dakota State University. Mm -hmm. Tell us, give us the fifth grade explanation, because sure. the first time yep. you told me, I was like, Scott, can you draw some pictures <laughs> so I can follow? Right, tell us what's right. going on. Uh, so we made history this spring. Uh, we've raised over $30 million towards a major interdisciplinary institute at uh, NDSU. It's located in the College of Business. Uh, the major donors on it are Bob and Sheila Chally, very generous people and uh, familiar names around town. Uh, they wanted to give back to NDSU, and they wanted to invest in a big idea. And the trend in higher ed right now is that students are interested 
in studying at places that are solving problems. I left Arizona State, as I said, they have an institute, a brand new one, solving the problem of dementia. And they have scientists from all over the university tackling the problem of dementia. We're up here at a land grant in this entrepreneurial community that you described as like just really magnificent. I think there's so much untapped potential and what we want to go after in the Institute is that untapped potential. How do we unleash even higher levels of prosperity in America? How do we go from 3% growth to 5%? What are the barriers hampering Fargo, the Midwest, from being the best part of the country and um, one of the leading uh, places for growth in the world? So we're tackling poverty and prosperity in our center and or in our Institute and uh, we think it belongs here. It belongs here for the very reasons we just discussed, two and a half percent unemployment, the fact that we are this applied university that uh, ought to be tackling issues of prosperity and how to live well, and, uh, and it's um, just getting going. So if all goes well at the mm -hmm. Challey Institute, tell us what will change in North Dakota or how will we be better as a state? Well, we think we're going to tackle um, through research and then through policy work and also events, um, issues that are near and dear to our state in terms of holding us back. Some of those people won't all agree with. You know, we're going to tackle trade and see what sensible trade policy looks like. We're going to look at barriers to opportunity. Um, one of the things that's um, astounding about American city development is that almost all city zoning is for single family homes. If you relax that and you allow for multi-dwelling, if you allow for commercial mixing in with single family residential, you get these cities that just take off like Houston, Texas. Zoning is a barrier to um, growth and, and development. And you know, how can we have more sensible zoning for the region? If we're doing our jobs well, we'll be impacting students' lives, but we're also going to help the economy real, realize its full potential. I don't think that the economy is overheating. I don't think that um, there's you know, all kinds of inflation risks. I think there's all kinds of human potential that just hasn't been um, put to work yet. Well, we'll do another show and talk about the Fed that then sometime fabulous. because yeah. that would be a great conversation. <laughs> we'll on get this on the radio too. on that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, I do want to ask you about immigration and mm -hmm. trade though as they apply to your work yep. there because those can be hot button mm -hmm. political issues as well. Absolutely. How do you solve the problems and get deep into these issues without mm -hmm. it being political? Yeah, I think you just um, focus on the fact that this is a um, scientific institute. The scholars who are brought in are allowed to tackle the questions they want. Um, they're allowed to reach the conclusions they want. We hope they look at the issue of immigration. We think that it's a gap here in the uh, Midwest in general. So one in five business owners across America is a new American. Here in Fargo, it's one in 20. You know, so I think that that's an opportunity for us if we could be the welcoming place that we are to bring in legal, legitimate immigrants and say, we want you here and we want you to help us grow this economy. You know, so um, things like that seem like low-hanging fruit to me in terms of ways to improve our state, but also just questions that we ought to look at and say, what is holding back? Why are we only one in 20 here while the rest of the country is one in five? You know, what can we do to be closer to the national average? Because they are, you know, as, as the Hamilton play says, you know, they do get the job done. You know, and we're talking about legal immigrants who are, you know, just really wanting to realize the American dream here. Mm. And can, can we have more of them? Mm. The governor has challenged us all to think in this state mm -hmm. about being more than just ag and energy. Yep. We're very thankful for ag and energy, no question <laughs> right. about it. But if we can develop some tech companies and a, and a different sort of an entrepreneurial spirit on some of those things mm -hmm. where we're a little more balanced out and we're less prone to the cyclical ups and downs, that's a good thing. What is your perspective as, as a, an educator mm -hmm. taking a look at what the governor has done and the message that he sent out to the state? I would agree. And if you look here in Fargo at some of the other industries that have 
have allowed for diversification. You have Eldevron, which is expanding to 1,100 employees. It's a biotech firm in Fargo. Not exactly something I expected when I moved here. Uh, you have Shields, you know, with their headquarters here, a major retail name. And uh, we have some of it here. There's a lot more potential here. I think that the next wave is, you know, some of the spin-off um, activity you see from Microsoft techies, you know, getting into programming and just going in new directions in uh, the tech space and then saying, we like it here, we want to stay here, and we're going to grow our companies here, much like uh, Doug did. It's hard to forecast, like, what is the next pocket? Like, we're not, we're not able to plan what is the next thing that North Dakota is going to be good at. But if you have a sound environment, which we have here, and you have investments like we have in our universities, in, in knowledge pockets, uh, we can be great at more than two things. I want to ask you a question about mm -hmm. workforce, too, because everybody's trying to figure out how to get good employees yep. and keep them. And we all are looking at the universities, and mm -hmm. many uh, students, when they leave college university, go to somewhere else. Yep. How can we keep more of them here in Fargo-Moorhead, West Fargo? It's about a lot of things, but I think that first and foremost, it, you have to have an environment that's welcoming and that people want to stay in. You know, we attract a lot of Minneapolis students who study and then just boomerang right back to Minneapolis. And Minneapolis has a fun and hip factor that's scaled and amplified much more than ours. Now, from what I understand, Fargo today versus 10 years ago is a drastically different place and more, more people are wanting to settle down here. It's a smaller version of Minneapolis. There's less traffic. Uh, and, you know, we, we have to be a place that's not only tax friendly and policy friendly, but we have to be um, a place that's safe and that is welcoming to people. All right. Dr. Bollier, good to have you with yeah, us. Thanks for taking here. the time Thank and uh, for sharing some knowledge with us today. Yeah. Dr. Scott Bollier, Dean of the NDSU Business School.